And welcome to episode 107 of McChesney Unchained. Coming to you from my basement this week. We're live on Zoom uh, as the bar and studio downtown is occupied with the NCAA uh, March Madness Basketball Tournament, which is incredible. Um, and I'm so glad it's back on. And I'm pulling for Colorado big time tomorrow for Georgetown. Obviously, I think McKinley Wright's going to, or, uh, or yeah, I think Wright's going to have them ready to play. Uh, after they lost to Oregon State in the title game, which I think could be a good thing. Honestly, Tad Boyle will have them ready. Um, it's a must win for the Buffs, so we'll talk about that. Uh, hopefully, see you can find a way to win a couple games to get to the Sweet 16, but I'm more interested in just talking about the Denver Broncos today and really getting into the nit and gritty of the re-signs and the releases and uh, what, what the new general manager, GP, is thinking, in my opinion here. Uh, on McChesney Unchained, uh, episode 107. Uh, and we rolled. There's no guests this weekend. We had to bump uh, the great Sal Lessi, who will be on next week's, next week's show, 108, uh, as we talked about strength and conditioning and moving into the offseason and wear conditioning programs. And he was my strength coach with the Jets for a long time, and he's one of the best. And uh, he's going to join us next week uh, as we move forward here. Uh, on McChesney Unchained. But as always, we want to uh, definitely talk to you about DraftKings as they're our title sponsor here on McChesney Unchained uh, on dnvr.com. Uh, so uh, make sure that you check them out this weekend, obviously, with the NCAA basketball tournament going on. Uh, but the tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. Um, you know, there was overtime games already today with Florida beating Virginia Tech. Uh, Ohio State and Oral Roberts in a one-point game, the playing game uh, last night between Drake and Wichita State was great, and then Michigan State blew a lead to UCLA. So the swings are crazy, and no lead is safe. Uh, DraftKings is America's top sportsbook app, as usual, and it's putting new customers in the center of the action this weekend. Uh, you can bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 uh, is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt and shot winning. Uh, the title at 100 to 1 odds takes one bet in your team winning the next game. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook is one of 100 to 1 odd select fighters on this week's UNC 260 uh, as well. So the 100 to 1 odds is pretty consistent with the weekend. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit your, your funds at your convenience. Uh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNBR where you sign up and turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the W. That code is DNVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And episode 107 of McChesney Unchained rolls. And it is all Broncos uh, the entire show. All right, first and foremost, I'm going to talk about some of the good things. Uh, and then we're going to get into Phil Lindsay at the end of this. And I, I can't say I'm shocked, um, but I'm very I'm, – I'm, I'm confused. There's no doubt about that shit. So we'll definitely get into that in a minute. Um, but right off the bat, look, re-signing Justin Simmons to four years and making the highest-paid safety is smart. Now quit head ducking and go tackle somebody inbounds and quit running everybody out of bounds. 
and go be an all pro safety because that's the kind of year we need to have uh, from from that man. And I, I really think that that it could happen. Um, I think this is going to motivate him to be even better. He's a third round pick. This is a great pick by by Elway's staff, and obviously he's re-signing at a big number, uh, and he deserves every penny. Now he needs to turn into Steve Atwater, Dennis Smith, T.J. Ward, Darian Stewart. He needs, you know, Kareem Jackson, who it was released, which I think is ridiculously stupid. Um, I do not think getting rid of 22, who's super versatile and can play corner as well as smart at all. But I think they might have their eye on a guy like Kyle Fuller, who just got released from the Bears. So where one man's, you know, one man's, trash and another man's treasure not to say kareem's trash he's one of the best in the business but that's the way that these general managers and guys look at the situation and there's a new general manager in the house and he's trying to to, to spice things up by keeping some guys around and, and the intact core and then getting rid of others that that uh that they think they're not going to build with in the future so you know a lot of this is precursor to the draft as well and we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through this um but Simmons is a great lockdown. I like him at, at safety. He's going to be here for a while. And now he needs to mature and grow into a top five safety in Broncos history uh, and be a guy that we talk about in the Hall of Fame. And that's what a second contract like this says. And he'll either be that guy or he'll be cut in two years because he didn't live up to the billing and he'll go somewhere else. Um, 58 getting extended at $18 million. I've never seen it done this way, um, but... Again, it's a new general manager, and he said he liked Vaughn a lot. And rather than trying to negotiate with him, they just made him happy. And look, they must know something we don't know because I, I had the idea of a million dollars a sack. And if he gets 18 sacks, goddamn right he can make 18 million. We'll pay him more. And honestly, if he's having a great year, I wouldn't doubt if they extend him in the middle of the season. And they should because if you can keep Vaughn around and he's productive – He's one of the most pure pass rushers to ever do it uh, from a speed and fluidity standpoint. He's a 3D rusher, as we say. Uh, nobody better at attacking space and using leverage to win around the corner. And when he's on his game and he's healthy, he's elite. And Chubb could be the Khalil Mack-type player in this defense. And Vaughn can just go murk people from the edge if Vic Fangio can figure out how to maximize his pressure and his fronts and his adjustments and his blitz packages. And that really needs to change this year in order for this to work out. Uh, I don't think Vaughn is used correctly. I don't think Chubb is used correctly. I don't think Shelby Harris is used correctly. I think that they like to sit back and play coverage. And I don't know if that's really the game uh, right now when you have the ability to attack. And it may work and get you into the playoffs and have you, from a statistic standpoint, a good defense. But when you get into the playoffs, that shit ain't going to fly. Because you're going to have to pressure people because they will they will straight torch your ass if you just sit around and wait. Just ask Kansas City in the Super Bowl. So I love picking up Vaughn's option and bringing him back. I'd like for them to try and restructure. But look, I, I don't care. I want Vaughn happy and healthy, and I want 18 sacks. That would be dope. And if I get 15, I'll be tight with that too. That's awesome. And if we get 20, that's even better. But anything under 15 – Look, 14 is pretty good. 13 is pretty good. 12 is pretty good. But 12 means that he probably had a couple games where he had multiple sacks. And then he had games where he didn't do shit. So you can get 12 sacks and be Simeon Rice. 
But Von Miller is a first ballot Hall of Famer if he continues on the track he's on. But he's not there yet. So this is this is affirmation that he's great uh, and they're keeping him here and they want to build around him and they want elite pass rushers. That's what GP said. But this is also uh, motivation for 58 to go out and, and really earn his next deal. And hopefully it's here in Denver. If he goes and hits the open market next year, and he resigned somewhere for some huge number off a huge season. That's a major fuck up by the Broncos. And that can't happen. Shelby Harris getting extended is huge. He gets a three-year deal. Uh, I think Shelby's one of the most underrated players at his position in the league. He's great against the run. He's good against the pass. He transitions inside on one-on-ones well. He uses his length well. He's explosive. And I, I really think that he could be uh, a very, very integral part in in the dominance of this defense next year. I think they could be really good. And he's going to be a huge part of that. Congratulations to 96 and his family. He's a seventh round pick and had to sign a futures reserve contract. And for him to get this kind of security for him and his little ones and his wife is huge. And I'm, I'm really happy for Shelby and his family. And I know this is just going to motivate him more. He said that this is, you know, this is a, a heightened expectation now and it has to, he has to meet it, and that's the truth. So when you make this kind of money, you can make it for a year and sit back, or you can go to work and make another contract in three years and really set yourself up. So that's pretty awesome. Like I said, Kareem Jackson was not extended, so he's on the open market. They did go get Ronald Darby. I like Darby uh, from Philly. I think he's he's got some big-time attitude. Yeah, he takes some chances and gets beat, but when you're losing all year, you're going to take chances and get beat. Uh, and they're in the NFC East, so they were playing a little a little bit laissez-faire at times, uh, knowing that they could drop certain games and stay in the hunt, and they didn't until the last week of the season. Um, <clears throat> this isn't Philly. And if the Broncos do this correctly, and they do go get a guy like Kyle, Kyle Fuller after getting Darby, uh, and then they use the Knights pick on Sertain, um, and they got Simmons back, I think that that could be a mixture for another no-fly zone type situation where they have really good players everywhere. Again, corners are like pass rushers. You can never have enough of them, of them uh, because the third receiver on some of these teams are the best players they have. Uh, Chris Godwin, i.e. Tampa Bay. So that's – I like that pickup. I, I really want them to go after Kyle Fuller, and I think they will. He's got roots with Fangio. Um, look, I'm not saying Mike Boone can't play. I'm saying you're essentially trading Mike Boone and his special teams prowess and ability on third down to catch the ball out of the backfield for Phil Lindsay. And releasing Phil Lindsay, and we're going to get into this now, releasing Phil Lindsay is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. You're releasing a two-time thousand-yard back, and you're letting it hit the open market. You didn't even see if anybody wanted to tender him. And you bring in Mike Boone, and Mike Boone's a special teams player, but now Melvin Gordon's stupid drunk ass is going to get suspended. He's going to be out three or four games at the beginning of the year. I don't see how Roger Goodell can watch that video and not suspend him. So who are you going to roll with? Freeman and Boone? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted back, but then you have four guys in the room. Like, why couldn't Phil just finish here for a year and then leave? So I, I feel like they disrespected him when they didn't draft him and they said they were going to. Um, and he overcame that. He was an undrafted player to the Pro Bowl. I've got a game ball that he signed in my office that says undrafted to the Pro Bowl. Phil Lindsay, 30, rookie year. So that's pretty cool. And then he put another 1,000 yards a season behind that. 
And then last year he hit the injury bug and it was a shitty year and COVID and yada, yada, yada. But he still went for 580. And he's never lost a fumble in 534 touches. And does he have to improve on a lot of shit? Of course he does. He's an NFL football player. None of us are perfect. I got cut 14 times and I consider myself way fucking better than any of you goddamn fans. So let's be fucking real here. Phil Lindsay got disrespected by the Denver Broncos. And I know one thing about 30. If you disrespect 23 or 30, he sticks it straight up your ass. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's talking to EB at Kansas City, just texting him like, yo, bring me in. I'll do it on a one-year prove-it deal. You think he might be a little bit explosive in space there in Kansas City? They'll figure out a way to use him. They won't be like Pat Schumer, like, well, I just want one back. Well, dummy, you don't have any because Melvin Gordon's going to suspend it. And I know they want to ride Melvin Gordon's wheels with $8 million on the table, but, I mean, I, honestly, I'd be cutting his ass. Him and Jawan James, I'd just cut both of them and move forward with cheaper versions. You don't pay backs in this league. Get one more great year out of 30. Let him move on in free agency if that's what you want to do. He, If you give him the ball consistently and run the goddamn rock, he's putting fucking 1,200 on. He's not fumbling. You can work around the fact that he can't pass block as well as other guys. Guess who else can't fucking pass block? Mike Boone's small ass. So that's, I guess that's a pretty fucking stupid argument. Look, man, this, this is personal for me because I've been working with Phil for years and he's Buffalo family and, you know, he was in the facility when he was going to the Broncos. So th this is, I think this is a really stupid move. I think it's dumb. And the, those of you who don't like Phil, you just don't like swag, man. You don't like yourself because he's the epitome of the guy in the NFL that makes it because everybody tells him he can't. When he was in high school at Denver South and he walked up in the banquet and accepted an award from Mike McIntyre, and they brought him in and took a chance on him. I think that worked. Every time you take a chance on Phil Lindsay, Phil Lindsay pans out. So the Broncos spiting him like this. Don't be surprised if he ends up in a jersey that you hate. And he puts it on our ass. I guarantee you he wants to go somewhere that plays us. And look, if I'm Phil, I'm looking at Kansas City, the Jets, the Niners, and Baltimore. Baltimore because they loved him coming out. He almost signed there. And his parents convinced him to stay in Denver. And it worked out. Kansas City because EB's there, and I know that they are always looking for backs. Uh, and look, the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt last year. He wasn't the same player in the, in the AFC title game in the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell didn't really pan out. So I would I would think that Phil Lindsay could be a major asset to Kansas City, and that sucks. Um, the Jets, because they just hired a new head coach that's bringing in the zone scheme that Phil can press front side and kick that shit backside. He knows McGovern well. McGovern's in the gym again, uh, working his ass off right now. We had a great session this morning, and he was like, yeah, we take Phil in a heartbeat. We need backs. They all they had Frank Gore last year. Frank's like 50, and he still ran pretty well behind that offensive line. They have Kalen Bellage, who looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. And Phil is looks like, you know, looks like he's not supposed to be on the field and plays like fucking Tarzan. So I think that going to the Jets would be huge, and that would be awesome because they need to be a Jet brother too. Um, and then the last one, I like Baltimore. I like them to go there just from an attitude perspective. I think that they could use them, but they have good backs. They just got rid of Mark Ingram. They like their they like the kid from Ohio State, and and Gus Edwards is a monster. Uh, he could be a changeup, but he won't get a lot of carries there, in my opinion, because Lamar Jackson takes so many from the backs. But I think if he went to San Francisco, 
Look, if he ends up in San Francisco with Shanahan and that scheme and they stay healthy and Garoppolo's healthy and their defense is healthy and they don't get the injury plague that they got last year and they can actually play, I think Phil could go for like 1,800 yards in that scheme. No bullshit. And if you don't think that's possible, you don't fucking know shit about zone scheme football. You don't know a goddamn thing. That is 100% possible. He's got a huge chip on his shoulder, and he can make Denver look so fucking stupid. They looked dumb when they didn't draft him, and they took Freeman and Dave Williams before him in the seventh round. And then they looked dumb when they when they when when he made the Pro Bowl, and it was like Phil Lindsay against the Broncos the whole time, and they don't like the narrative, so they just cut him. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, bro. You're supposed to keep your hometown hero kids around. Are they going to do the same thing to Reisner? Reisner's a proud Colorado kid that loves the Broncos. Are they going to fucking lowball 66? Guaranteed. I guarantee you they lowball Reisner, and they try and get him to take a hometown discount and be like, oh, well, you can make all your money on endorsements and shit. And he may do it because he's such a great guy. But if I'm Reisner's age, I'm like, bro, go make all the fucking money you can make. You play offensive line. And if they're not going to pay you and honor you, leave. Look at the guys who have left the Broncos. They're just out of the facility. Ben Garland's played in three Super Bowls, one with Denver, one with Atlanta, one with San Francisco. He's 0-3, but Mike Lotus was, was 0 for, for a long time until he won. So, you know, I'm just saying that that was a fucking – dumb move they developed ben garland into a, an nfl center guard and then cut him out of the blue and he went somewhere else and was a cog in their machine that helped him get to a super bowl and almost won one and he did the same thing in san francisco he stepped in for a high price center in western richburg csu product another guy at the gym and played his ass off and now he's back there again another year Connor mcgovern is starting center for the jets signed a 30 million dollar contract three-year deal Super versatile kid. Definitely could have helped out at right guard. Just saying. Billy Turner is the right tackle for the Packers. I know he got eaten alive in the NFC title game, but he had to move to left tackle and replace David Bakhtiari on a three-day fucking notice. So, I mean, come on. But at right tackle, he was having a Pro Bowl-type season for the Packers and really solidified that side so Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to fucking get hit in the face all the time. Three years, $38 million. There's three, and the list goes on and on and on. I know you can replace backs, and I hope Melvin Gordon does great for Denver next year, but I bet you Melvin Gordon fumbles at least eight times next year, over under eight. I'm not saying he'll lose them all, but he'll fumble at least once every other game because that's what he does. Keep in mind, Phil Lindsay's never lost a fumble in 534 snaps. Or carries, career carries. So, look, I think it's dumb, but I understand it. And I, I kind of respect the Broncos a little bit for releasing him because at least they're giving him a chance to go play somewhere else instead of just sitting him on the bench and not playing him and, like, blackballing the kid. But at the same time, I think this is, uh, this is really, really, really um, short-sighted. And... It, it's gotten to the point where I don't think the Broncos really trust 
what they're looking at. They are, they want to like find these prototypical, you know, Madden type players that look like they're supposed to look and run like they're supposed to run and all the cone drills are nice and all the drills are nice and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, that's not what good football players are. They're guys who have chips on their shoulders. And I mean, the best two teams in Bronco history, 97 and 98, were full of fucking guys who got kicked off other teams and cut and embarrassed and blah, 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 blah. And they had something to prove. Look, I'm not saying that Denver has a bunch of guys on the team that don't want to win. That's bullshit. They've got guys on the team that have Super Bowl rings, Super Bowl MVPs. I'm saying bringing in Mike Boone and then cutting Phil Lindsay sends a message to your whole team, and guys are not fucking happy about it. So what exactly is the message? Work hard, come in here as an undrafted player. You think if you're an undrafted player this year in the draft, you should go to Denver? Is that what the agents are going to tell everybody? Like, look, you know, if anybody thinks that they can't find talent undrafted, you're also a ridiculously stupid football enthusiast, but you're not a fan. Some of the best players in Bronco history were undrafted players. I'm an undrafted player. I wasn't shit, but I'm an undrafted player. And I got six years of my full pension. There's a lot of motherfuckers around town that just talk shit like they played in the NFL, and they don't even have goddamn one stitch of preseason game tape, dog. Let me see it. So I think the Broncos are kind of fronting here a little bit. They're, you know, not renegotiating with Vaughn, paying Simmons after tagging him, bringing in Mike Boone, cutting Phil Lindsay, not bringing back Kareem Jackson. They're, again, they're going outside of the – framework of development of their own players and they're going to other people's cabinets and be like I want that one I want that one I want that one with the exception of Vaughn and Simmons and Shelby Harris so look it, it cuts both ways they're doing a good job of keeping certain guys around and then they're neglecting others and that's the business of football it means the NFL means not for long it does not mean in any way shape or form or fashion National Football League so what everybody has to understand here is, yeah, this it sucks if you're a Phil Lindsay fan. But if you're a Phil, Phil Lindsay fan, you can get red zone and watch him go somewhere else and, and dice people up, and he will. Um, and then also, what you have to understand here is the ninth pick in the draft, in my opinion, especially with them signing Darby, and I think they'll go after Fuller pretty hard, and they re-sign Simmons, and they bring Bond back. They think they have the pieces defensively minus one or two guys like Callahan back, yada, yada, yada. If they're not bringing back Kareem Jackson, they probably need that money for Fuller. So they probably think on defense they're pretty good. And if they can stay healthy, that they can be in every game defensively. And I agree. I totally agree. Um, So with that said, in the draft at number nine, I wouldn't be mad at them if they trade back and get another first or second round pick and kind of stockpile. But I also wouldn't be mad at them if they pick Mac Jones, Patrick Sertain Jr., or the best tackle available. And then, look, if they're not going to pick a tackle in the first three rounds that's going to walk in and start at right tackle because that's the way it works, 
and they're going to go fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round developmental guy that they're going to practice squad or they're going to, you know, keep at the end of the roster. He's not going to play much. Calvin Anderson is that guy. Cool. Whatever. Whatever they're thinking. Okay. But I'm telling everybody right now, Quinn Bailey from Arizona State, he was active for two games last year. He is real. And he is real athletic and real fast-footed, and he's got length, and he's got power through his hands, and he is busting his ass six zero every day. And we kind of know how to develop offensive and defensive linemen. That's kind of what we do. So I'm telling you, Quinn has got every tool in the book. He can play guard or tackle. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets a legitimate shot at right tackle to really go out and turn some heads. And I think he can. I think he's a really, really good football player. So keep your eye on that kid. So look, Austin Slotman's coming back from a, a shoulder surgery. And he's going to be in the mix to start some games up front. I think Denver has a nice young core. I just don't understand why you have Melvin Gordon on the roster. You know, he's going to get suspended. You have Freeman on the unless you think Freeman's the big back and he's going to go 25 carries in the game. And I haven't seen him do it yet. And you have one guy on your roster that you've seen do it. He's a pro ball player. He's a hometown kid. He loves the Broncos. He was on the podcast like two months ago with his kid talking about the future and how excited he is, yada, yada. And now he's not on the team anymore because you brought in Mike fucking Boone. And Mike Boone's a good football player. No one's fucking hating on Mike Boone. Good for you, bro. Good for you getting your money. I'm glad you got signed in free agency. I'm glad your boy from Minnesota brought you into Denver. That's kick ass. I'm glad you're here. You're a good special teams player. You're going to make some tackles and some plays. You're going to be able to kick return if you need to. You're going to be able to cover. You're going to be a third down back every now and then. That's fine. But we still now have a massive fucking hole in the running back room from a leadership perspective. We trade. We got rid of our swagger and the real the guy that stepped on the field and you go, okay, we could absolutely hit a home run here. Just ask the Chargers. Are they glad Phil Lindsay's gone? Yep. Every time Phil Lindsay plays the Chargers, he torches their ass. And all you're going to get next year is an even more motivated and fucking pissed off Phil Lindsay. And I'll just tell everybody, look. The first thing, all I sent Phil on your, or on over text was not like congratulations on released or go get your money or blah, blah, blah. None of that bullshit. I wrote him simply, go show these idiots the mistake they just made. And he wrote back, you know it. And I know what he's thinking because he's, he's, I mean, he's done to family, man. I know how he thinks. We're similar. You spite us. You tell us what we can't do. And we will do everything humanly possible to make you look dumb as fuck. So you have to eat shit, not me. And I'll eat crow all day. I did it on Garrett Bowles I was talking about today with Quinn. I'm so glad that Garrett figured it out. And he figured it out. He, he figured out how to acclimate to the NFL. And he got paid and he was an all pro. And it's awesome. Fuck. That's what we're doing here. I don't want to see anybody fail. I'm hard, I was hard on Garrett Bowles because he can't fucking play, not because he can't, all you dummies out there who don't know what you're talking about. So be real skeptical of people that you hear on the radio that say they did something, but they don't have the fucking film to back it, number one. And then number two, there's a lot of opinion out there that is based on fucking opinion and not fact. And the Broncos need facts right now. And the facts are this. They re-signed three really good defensive football players. And their defense should be top 10. And if it's not, 
that's a direct reflection of the head coach and his inability to figure out how to use his pieces. Two, they got rid of their fucking heart and soul on offense. And now I have a huge question from a skill position perspective who the leader is. I think Jerry Judy is a child. I think Tim Patrick is another guy that they're going to disrespect. I think Stutton's come off injury. I think Locke is not really that much of a leader, although I think he can play at certain times. I think he also doesn't know shit, doesn't know protection, doesn't communicate, doesn't know what a squeeze gap is, doesn't really understand what he's looking at, and can't count three to four defenders on one side of the field at all, ever, and relies completely on his offensive line to do everything, and that's why he gets hit in the mouth so much. So I don't think he's necessarily your answer at quarterback, but he's the quarterback right fucking now. Um, The Deshaun Watson sexual allegation thing, I'm just going to say this, like, He's got a lot of money, and that massage therapist probably lives in a van down by the river. It could be true, and if it is, that's terrible. But if it's not true, this is just another example of some fucking chick talking shit. And I don't really care if that pisses you off. I don't, what the fuck? How much shit have you talked, man, if that pisses you off? I'm not talking about you. You didn't rub and tug Deshaun Watson and then get offended when he didn't call you or whatever the fuck happened. So... I think that there's some leaders on the offensive line, but I also think that if they continuously disrespect guys and it turns into this perception around the league that's already there, that they don't develop their own talent and guys shouldn't come here. um, Now, look, that's an opinion. Because they just gave Vaughn eighteen million and Simmons sixty two and Bulls sixty eight and yada yada yada. It's not like they're not spending money. They are. They are, but they also have a problem with keeping guys they develop that they could keep around. And in my opinion, you don't get rid of good football players for unproven ones. So you know it kind of is what it is. I'd like to see them either trade out of nine or I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a quarterback. If Mac Jones is sitting there, take him. I don't let, really like Trey Lance that much, but if he develops into a hell of a player, cool, the talent's there. I just don't know if I like the long release and the you know, waiting and not being able to read the defense and all that shit. Look, knowledge is power, man. That's why we're in the lab 6-0 as much as we are. So just remember that. So this is episode 107. Uh, of McChesney Unchained and it's all Broncos all the time here we'll get you updated on 108 next week when we get back on schedule and whatnot the NCAA tournament moves into the Sweet 16 we'll talk about Golden Colorado Buffaloes and if they can overcome uh, beat Georgetown and then you know win a second round game under Tab Boyle uh, that would be pretty kick ass you know this is a must win for CU they can't lose to Georgetown in this game especially after the disappointing loss to Oregon State. So enjoy the tournament this weekend. Uh, make sure you get down to DNVR Sports Bar and off Colfax and support down there. Support your local small business. And then also get down there and watch the tournament. There was no tournament last year, and that sucked. Uh, so it, it's really awesome that it's back and that it's pumping. Uh, this is episode 107 with Chesney Unchained. Thank you to Adam and Allie and everybody for all their hard work. Check out the Turning Point this week. Check out DraftKings. And then also... Uh, check out 60academy.com. We've rebranded 60 Football Academy and uh, things are looking up. So at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. And obviously, 
at DNVR Unchained to follow the show. So thanks for listening, folks. Go Broncos and go Buffs basketball. Have a good day, fellas.